This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. What is going on, guys? <laughs> this is Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Episode 108 tonight, guys. Episode 108. Um, a little bit. We, we've, we're we going to dive into a little bit. Um, you know, a few things we've got to touch in this episode. Um, in a little, you know, towards the second half of this show, um, we had an interview, not an interview. I always say interview. We had a, just a casual conversation. It was, uh, my buddy and I, um, so we're going to play that, you know, in, in a little bit, but we're going to start off tonight talking about the Knicks. And then later when we get to the, uh, to the second half of the show, Leo and I talked about the NFL draft you know, recapped the first round and just reviewed um, the New York Giants pick and the Dallas Cowboys. He's a fan of the Cowboys and their pick. So we talked about the draft in the second half of the show. Um, but for the first half of the show tonight, guys, or this morning, whenever you're listening to this, um, as I'm recording, it's midnight. So technically it's April 25th, um, 12 o'clock a.m. But um, as you are listening to this, um, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. uh I don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> but we're going to start with the Knicks and um, not much has gone on really. Just a couple of rumors, light news here and there. You know, um, one of the things that has, that have popped up lately that has popped up lately has been the uh, whole Kevin Knox thing. Leon Rose being unsure if Knox is uh, a part of the Knicks long-term plans. So, you know, I figured we'd just talk about that a little bit and go over Knox and what the real issue is with him. Um, you know, so far in his early career. So we'll start with that. And I guess in a little bit, we'll touch on, you know, the, the trade rumors or the, the news about the Knicks trying to star chase once again. And, and <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But obviously we've been down that road plenty times before and it never ends up the way we hope. But we'll start with the Kevin Knox thing. Yeah, so, I mean, Leon Rose, a couple of days ago, there was a little report that came out saying that Rose, the Knicks head executive, was um, is kind of uncertain, you know, unsure if Kevin Knox is a part of this long-term, um, you know, uh, long-term plan the Knicks are trying to uh, build here. And, you know, I get it. 
you know, it's no secret that somebody like Kevin Knox has had his fair share of struggles. You know, he, first of all, a lot of it is on him. And then a lot of it, you can point to the Knicks being at fault. But we'll start with, you know, him being at fault. Um, you know, things like him having a low motor when he's out on the floor. That's an issue. Um, he's not a guy who really uses any kind of aggressiveness when he takes the court. You know, he's not always, he's not attacking the glass viciously. He's not, not always making that hard cut. He's not always setting the tough screen or chasing down for a block, you know, and that's frustrating to see. Um, he's kind of slow, kind of plays underwater. Some would say, you know, he floats out there defensively, always late on closeouts. Um, multiple times he'll, you know, get caught, caught flat footed and is the opposing ball handler will, will, will blow by him defensively. He just has trouble keeping up on the dribble. Um, and it's, you know, many things rotating on screens. He just doesn't seem to have that extra oomph in him right now. And that's, that's on him. When you're a 20 year old kid, you've got to give 110%. You cannot be going out there and sometimes half-assing it, sometimes quarter-assing it. Let's be honest. Um, so yeah, that's on him. He's stagnant. He's statue-like at times, offensively standing in the corner, waiting for the three-point shot, waiting to catch and shoot instead of trying to make action off-ball. You know, not really getting involved in off-ball motion plays. That's on him. Um, and then there's the poor shot selection. A lot of long two-point shots just inside the arc. A lot of contested mid-range shots. And those are no-nos. In today's game, if you're a great mid-range shooter, then go for it. Go for those shots. I have no issue with that. I'm not. I'm no analytical nerd. But if you're not a good mid-range shooter, in fact, if you're one of the NBA's most inefficient mid-range shooters, you shouldn't be taking them at the volume that Kevin Knox has taken them. And unfortunately, he's taking a high volume of mid-range attempts and a high volume of contested long two-point shots, and they're not falling efficiently enough. So that's an issue itself, poor shot selection um, to go along with that low motor, that, you know, underwater type of style of play. You know, and all that kind of begs the question, what is his real position? What's his role going to be as an NBA player? Is he, in what position is he? Is he, he's kind of too slow to play the two and three, and he doesn't really have enough strength, enough muscle, at least yet, to play the four full time. You know, he's had troubles really finding a niche. And a lot of people like to say, they like to kill David Fisdale for, um, even I did originally. They like to kill David Fisdale for experimenting Knox at the two spot and throwing him around the two, three, and four spots often. And it kind of started with John Calipari when Knox was at Kentucky. Um, Calipari often experimented with Knox at the off guard position. And, you know, again, so it's, it's something he's had, you know, it's something that Knox has been, um, kind of trying to find for a while. He's trying to find an identity for himself. Who is he? Which position is he really? You know, what kind of player is he? Is he going to be a stretch four or is he going to be more of a wing or a combo forward? We don't know. We, we need to see more from him. There needs to be something that stands out. And unfortunately, nothing has stood out yet for Kevin Knox. So now that said, I don't think all of it is on him. Again, I think the Knicks play a role here too. Um, now what I'm about to say, it may sound like an excuse and don't get me wrong though. It's not. I'm just trying to be reasonable, just trying to be rational. I'm not your typical irrational Knicks fan who, you know, casual Knicks fan who watches a game every you know, couple months here and there. I'm a Knicks fan who's watched them all 82 games for 48 minutes a night or 
all 66 games or whatever it was this past year, but 48 minutes a night. So <laughs> a fan like me, a fan who's watched them through the thick and thin all day, every day, I'm going to try to find whatever I can to kind of dive into this and evaluate it and pick it apart and try to find why is it that he struggled. And while a lot of it's been on him, I do think some of it is on the Knicks as well. And the first thing I want to bring up is coaching. I think having three coaches next season, it will be three coaches in three years for Kevin Knox in the NBA. And if you want to count college, that's four coaches in four years in professional basketball. So that's not easy to deal with. You know, it's kind of difficult to find stability that way. When you're playing with many different coaches, you're playing under a new scheme, a new system every season, it's kind of hard to find a rhythm. And speaking of coaches, David Fisdale, Mike Miller, both had issues finding the right pairings for Knox. Um, (laughs) Clunky lineups, clunky lineups, you know, the Knicks went out and signed so many veterans, so many stopgaps who play the same positions that Knox does. It was kind of hard for him to get to, to be really productive or efficient when he was on the floor. They signed Gibson, Portis, Randall, and they traded for Harkless later in the year. So, you know, Knox played with Portis more than he did with anybody else on the Knicks. 752 minutes with Bobby Portis, who clogs the lane when he's always posting up or when he's outside the three-point line he's throwing that shit right at the rim so Knox doesn't really get that playmaker to set him up and Knox doesn't really get a guy who spaces the floor for him either um he played with Mitchell Robinson 154 minutes less than he played with Portis and he played with all other Knicks not even cracking the top 20 in Nick two-man tandems so it's it's bad he doesn't even have time on the floor with the young core outside of Robinson. It's really, really worrisome that the Knicks didn't pair him enough with somebody like Frank Nielakina. They didn't pair him with somebody like Dotson, who would have helped benefit his game for sure, being a two-way wing. Um, so it, it, I just felt like Kevin Knox needed better rotations from the Knicks coaches. He needed to play in a more efficient lineup. So that, that was kind of on the Knicks there. Now, signing all those guys also... It simply just cut Knox's minutes in half. All those guys, again, who play the same position as him, they all were prioritized for some reason over Knox. And these are all upcoming free agents, guys who can easily be waived this next offseason. You know, most of these guys the Knicks signed um, last summer are owed just $1 million next year. So they're easily waivable and they aren't part of this team's long-term plan. And so I don't know why the Knicks stressed giving them minutes so much. You know, maybe it was that playoff mandate. Maybe it was coaching for, you know, coaching for a job. But I, I, it just didn't make sense to to cut Knox's minutes in half and cut his shot attempts in half, give him less ball time, less touches, you know, more or less. It just, it didn't make sense. Um, 29 minutes in his rookie year per game to 18 minutes per game. 57 starts in his rookie season to four starts. 12 field goal attempts per game in his rookie year to six, five three-point attempts, to three, 224 possessions as a pick-and-roll ball handler ball handler last season, down to 86 possessions as a pick-and-roll ball handler this season, from 224 to 86. That's kind of one of the things I really wish the Knicks stressed a little bit more, is having Knox develop as a playmaker a little more than they tried to do. Um, 
you know, but they, they didn't do it enough. They didn't play him in pick and roll as much as they should have. And that had a big part of his lack of efficiency and played a big part in his regression overall. Um, and listen, <laughs> I get it. I understand that you have to, I understand the whole, you need to earn your minutes thing, right? Earn your minutes. But listen, this, first of all, this is a Knicks team that's, we're, we're a young team trying to improve our youth here. There's no time to waste for, for tough love, right? This isn't like we're a contending team who need every win as, as we can get. No, we're a team who knows we're not going to win many games. And our main goal should be trying to improve our youth. And you're not going to improve if you're penalized every time you do something wrong. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're sent to the bench, Every time you have a defensive lapse because you want to prove a point, earn your minutes, it just, it doesn't help player development though. And okay, I'll play along for a sec. If that whole thing is, is, is what you want, earn your minutes, then Knox should have been sent to Westchester playing every day there at least. At the very least, he should have been in Westchester playing every day to improve. I just spit. Um... It's seriously though. Ignas Brasdegas was destroying it down there in Westchester. You know why didn't they swap the two? That would have made sense. Iggy's a crafty, high motor player, high IQ, good feel for the game, nice instincts, good off ball motion player, who could shoot, drive, slash, and dribble, put the ball on the floor. And he's young too. He's kind of the opposite of Knox right now. He's trending upwards. You should have sent him up and put Knox down there to give him everyday time. Could have improved that way. But no, it didn't happen. And the Knicks just wasted Knox's sophomore season by sitting him on the bench and not really prioritizing him as much as they should have. And it kind of begs the question, did he leave college too early? Maybe Knox should have played more than just one season in Kentucky, right? Maybe he should have stayed an extra year. Or hey, maybe he should have played all three or all four. You know, (laughs) he's clearly not ready for the NBA should have been in Westchester playing every day where he could get a chance to progress, but he didn't. He was sitting on the bench, and it just didn't seem like he's an NBA-ready product. And, you know, guys that have been drafted after Knox in that 2018 round, in the 2018 draft, there are guys who were drafted after him. I mean, Knox was the ninth pick, and they're even, like, finding an identity right now. You know, so that's a bit concerning. You have, I think, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, was the 11th pick of that seat of that draft and he's he found a niche had a great season this past year michael porter showed some flashes of brilliance 14th in that in that uh draft divincenzo was divincenzo of the bucks was fucking 17th in the first round he's having a nice um a nice season in milwaukee sham it um hey the knicks own mitchell robinson second round pick of that year <laughs> he's he's improving I mean, just it doesn't seem like Knox is getting proper player development right there. It, it doesn't seem like the Knicks are trying to improve him. So, you know, the hope is, slash was, <laughs> to eventually get this guy to be a versatile, athletic 3 and D forward, right? Who could give you maybe 14 points, 7 rebounds a night, something like that. He had the shooting in his rookie season. Listen, he has the high arc on his form. He has a nice, smooth shot form. You know, a decent 34% on five attempts in his rookie season. But, you know, that that was what I was kind of hoping he would build upon, but he didn't. 
you know, and the size, the length, the athleticism, you know, six, seven, two fifteen, near seven foot wingspan athletic. I would have hoped that helped him defensively to become more of a shot blocker. You know, we did see somewhat of an improvement defensively down the stretch of the season, but it wasn't consistently enough, right? He'd occasionally shock you with a coast to coast throwdown or that chase down block or a hard, you know, backdoor cut occasionally. It wasn't enough, you know? So it's, it's, will this guy ever work out? Maybe, but I don't know if it's going to be in New York. It just doesn't seem like the Knicks are committed to making Kevin Knox work um, in New York. Uh, I think he's probably better off somewhere else right now. They can find a way to trade him, package him, go for it. But selling low, you know, if you're doing it right now, you're going to be selling low at this point. Um, he lacks confidence right now. He's lost. He's literally lost mentally. And I think in a place, in a market like New York City, playing at Madison Square Garden, you know, that's not the best mindset. For this city, you know how MSG can be, how the headlines, the New York Post can be. New York is impatient. We're hungry. You know, we want, we're going to jump on you if you don't, if you don't perform right away. So I think being lost mentally and having a, you know, kind of a lack of confidence, um, that's not a great mindset if you're in New York. So it might not be best for him to stick around, especially if the Knicks do end up signing who I think they been talking about forever in Tom Thibodeau and Tibbs has kind of been the favorite for a while now in terms of their next head coach. Um, I think that would hurt Knox to be honest with you. Um, maybe it could benefit other Knicks, but as for Knox, again, we've talked about not trying to stress this old school hard ass who's going to sit you if you aren't playing hard on D. I think Tibbs would do something like that. You know, I think the Knicks should be looking more towards an Atkinson maybe or Jackson or somebody who's a little bit more willing to find the solution as opposed to finding the next guy up who will do the job, right? Somebody who's going to stress player development more than just next guy, next guy up. You didn't do the job. Get out of here, you know, and I feel like that's Thibodeau isn't the right answer for that. Um, as far as Knox goes. So I don't know. It's it's an intriguing situation with Kevin Knox. I'm not your typical irrational fucking, you know, simpleton fan who just yells, oh, he's a bust, get rid of him, he sucks, I don't watch any games. I'm just going to say that because it's the, it's the hot narrative right now. No, I'm trying to be as rational as I can be, trying to be as reasonable as I can. Am I saying this guy's going to pan out? No. Do I think he's going to pan out? I don't even think he's going to. Not here at least. But <laughs> I'm not calling him a bust at the same time. He could be heading towards that territory if he keeps this up, sure. But we just have to wait and see. He's a 20-year-old kid, people. He's 20 years old. Guy can't even drink yet. So I'm going to see what the Knicks do with him. I'm going to see how he, you know, uh, you know how he uh, decides to improve his game in this upcoming offseason, whenever that may be. And uh, really, it's just a waiting game, guys. It's just a waiting game. And that's really the story with a lot of young Knicks. If we're a young team. We really can't do much right now in terms of developing our youth. We just have to hope that they do the right thing um, in the front office. And speaking of, okay, let's transition here a little bit. Speaking of um, trying to do much, the Knicks are once again in the headlines for star chasing. They might you know, they're thinking about chasing for a star via the trade. And listen, I'm not going to hop on this train again and get my hopes up for nothing because I don't think anything is going to happen. But for the sake of playing along and for the sake of just talking about, you know, fantasy situations, we've heard Bradley Beal's name pop up. Beal is somebody I would definitely take a look at. Obviously, this guy's owed a chunk of cash until 
the end of 2022 because he signed the two-year extension deal. Um, I don't know the exact annual value, but I know he's making a shit ton, um, over 30 mil. Um, you know, the Knicks can take it on, though. They've got the finances. They've got the cap space. They've got the draft capital. They've got the assets to pull this off. You know, It would probably cost a lot, but they have the assets. You can package Knox with one of Barrett or Mitchell Robinson. Um, you know, it could be, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and throw in a scenario where it's Barrett, one of Knox or DSJ, and a first-round pick, whether that be LAC, the Dallas pick, or a Charlotte pick. You know, it's probably going to be a first-round pick, one of Mitch or Barrett, and one of Knox or DJ. So something like that would probably get you Beal. Maybe that's even too too nice. I think it would probably be a little bit more maybe even. But, you know, I think I'm in the right vicinity. Um, and the big question here is if you're going to make a deal like that, which, again, I know it's not happening, but we're playing along. If you're making a deal like that, you ask yourself, is Bradley Beal better than what Barrett slash Robinson and Knox slash DSJ could become in New York? I think yes. Listen, Beal is a superstar. He's over 20 points per game in his career, and he's played over seven, eight seasons now. Um, coming off a really good season, honestly a career best, where he dropped 31 points, four rebounds, and six assists on a fairly efficient 46-35-84 line. So, very good season. You know, Getting somebody like Beal would keep the Knicks young. He's 27 in June, while also adding an established star. So it's not as much of a question mark as keeping Barrett and or Robinson and Knox or DSJ, right? If you're trading for Beal, he automatically far and away becomes the Knicks' best player. He's already an established star while staying young, and he solidifies a lot of holes, you know. He brings the Knicks shooting, playmaking, and shot creating, which they lack all three of those. So definitely would be for that, but again, this is not happening. It's it's a pipe dream. It's a fantasy, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's it's silly that it's even in the, not even, I don't even think it's in the headlines. I think it's just something people, fans are suggesting. Um, the Chris Paul thing has been more of a rumor than anything, but I've kind of made my myself clear on that. I don't want him. I just think, you know, he's 35 years old in May. He's an injury risk, you know, playing, getting hurt, missing 30-something games, I think, each of the past three seasons heading into this past one. Um, I think he's more of a stopgap win-now move, right? He doesn't seem to be the right fit. doesn't seem to make sense. Um, There are some pros, you know, a shallow free agency and draft class, so you'll get a stabilized point guard. And maybe you know, he'll make the Knicks a more competitive product slightly. And you know the CP3 effect could maybe benefit Randall's efficiency and benefit other guards behind him. You know, I know Gilgis Alexander had a career year when Chris Paul came to town this past year in OKC. But I just, again, I don't think he makes sense. I think he's just somebody who's going to just delay the inevitable. The Knicks need a point guard for their future. Why delay the year and have Chris Paul here just to waste time? You know, I think they're trying to grow a young core. They should try to grow a young core and do it that way. Don't don't just, you know, don't try to compete and win now when you don't have the pieces. You know, adding him alone would be awkward and it would not make the Knicks competitive. It would make them slightly more competitive, meaning 30 wins tops. Um, you know, this is a guy who didn't even want to be in OKC because he thought they were rebuilding and non-contenders at the start of the year. But they overachieved. So why would he be motivated to play on a New York Knicks team who 
let's be honest, they are not likely to overachieve. I just don't think it makes sense. He takes away ball time, touches, shot attempts from RJ and the rest of the core. And he, again, he kind of halts the Knicks from finding their point guard of the future, just putting him there. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, there's also some talk about maybe, this is more, again, another, another fan opinion. Um, folks are talking about going after Zach Levine. Maybe for the right price, you know, throw in Knox plus a couple of picks and maybe Taj Gibson or something like that. That could probably do it. Um, you know, Levine's a young athletic wing who can both throw it down and shoot the ball a little bit. We, we've kind of heard that he's some kind of, you know, a little bit of a stat stuffer, you know, an empty production type of player. And the Knicks already have one or two on their team, Randall and Peyton, really. But I don't know if you want somebody who doesn't really put up meaningful numbers always. Um, but, you know, it's it's worth a shot if it does come on the table. And But again, I, I don't think any of this is going to happen. I'm not getting my hopes up for the Knicks trading for an all-star player or anything like that. I don't think anything is happening. I just think they should focus on rebuilding through the draft and developing their youth that way more organically than anything else. But if if the offer comes up, absolutely I'd go for Beal. Likely I would go for Levine, but I just don't see that being a realistic option. Um, and last but not least, I have written down that the Julius Randle trade talks that have kind of been floating around since you know pre-trade deadline. Um, they remain stagnant, still no movement there, and not expected with all that's going on. But you know we'll have to see uh, what happens there as far as Randle goes. Um, but yes, it, it, I think it speaks for itself. You know, if the Knicks are to trade for a star, just be careful. Don't gut the entire roster, right? AKA, don't trade both Barrett and Mitchell Robinson for somebody because <laughs> you'll just surround that star player coming in with nothing around him. You'll bring yourself into another Kristaps situation. But um, I don't think it's happening. I don't think they are going to be successful in their star chasing goal, um, if that's even true. <laughs> but I think that's pretty much it with the Knicks tonight, guys. Just talked about Kevin Knox a little bit. Just talked about a couple of the trade scenarios that have been floating around the headlines a little bit. Some light news, nothing really in particular. You know, nothing serious. Um, if anything happens, we'll definitely have another episode out. But guys, we are going to get to the second half of the show tonight where my buddy Leo and I discussed the NFL draft. Now, there were a bit of, a little bit of technical difficulties here and there, but for the most part, I'd like to think it's an acceptable product um, that you guys will be able to hear and listen to and watch pretty clearly. But um, I hope you enjoy it. Leo and I just talked, you know, discussed about the NFL draft. Not the biggest football fan, not really my thing, but I know enough to carry a conversation, I would like to like to think. So um hope you guys enjoyed this. And I hope you guys in uh you know, I hope you guys can subscribe to the blog if you haven't yet. And like, comment, share, download, do all that fun stuff to the podcast. Did I say blog? <laughs> Subscribe to my blog if you want. You can go to my blog and subscribe there. But also subscribe to the podcast on the many different platforms we are on. Um, just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. As a matter of fact, let's get to that plug right now, and then we'll head right into the second half of the show. All right, guys. Hey, guys. Really quick, I just want to remind you. You can go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com slash connect and that will display all of my information where to follow me on social media how to subscribe to the blog 
and how to subscribe to my podcast on the many different outlets we have. So once again, guys, just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com slash connect. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys, I am here with Leo. Um, Leo, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on once again. Thank you, Bert, for inviting me once again. Always love talking to you. Last night's draft, man, the first round is in the books. Um, Giants selected some kid from Georgia. Um, Dallas selected, who Who did you guys get? Arguably the best receiver in the draft, C.D. Lamb. Let's go, baby. Okay, Lamb. What do you think, man? What do you think, uh, Giants taking uh, uh, Andrew, whatever is Andrew Thomas? Andrew Thomas. I mean, what do you think? Reacting to him at first, I was thinking, you know, maybe like, all right, I think they maybe drafted him way too early because I honestly think that they, if they really do really like truly love Thomas, they could have just traded him down and possibly go down to maybe like per se maybe. 10 or, or 11 to get Thomas. I mean, our, I think the best guy in the draft was uh, Tristan Wirfs from uh, Iowa. I think that kid was is going to be incredible. He's going to be a nice, steady old lineman. But, I mean, I could see why Gentleman picked him. He's a, he is a big boy and a guy that has, is playing in one of the best programs in college football. So, like, I could see that. But I think it was a bit of a reach. But I think he could be really solid for them, but it's just a big but. I mean, they could have gotten, they could have done a lot of things with that fourth pick, honestly, uh, Rob. I mean, it really could have been anybody. It could have been Isaiah Simmons. It really could have been Werbs. Honestly, that's it could have been a receiver. You know, people like, wanted I mean, Simmons. I mean, it makes sense, but like, I think it would have been a mistake. People wanted too. Simmons. I think it would have been a mistake, on on all honesty, because. If you think about it, the Giants, yes, okay, you don't, the Giants don't have a defense to even begin with right now. But right. what's the most important thing to do right now? To protect your quarterback. You got to work on that own line. I totally understand now, like what, why they drafted Thomas. He is a big boy, and arguably he could be a good he could be a good pick. You never know. I mean, this year has been crazy when it comes to old linemen. This year, it's it's loaded. It's so many good players. Well, I mean, I would have gone with Wirfs in this one. And I, even a lot of people even thought it was going to probably be Tristan Wirfs. But, I mean, if you had a guy like Simmons in there, too, I mean, it, it, you could do a lot with that. Because you could even draft uh, Jerry Judy from Alabama, the wide receiver that Denver picked. I mean, you could have gotten with the receiver because, I mean, the Giants need a number one receiver. It's just, they really do. They don't really have that. Yeah, and I know Gettleman likes his bigs, but um. So if with that said, you know, drafting a, an offensive lineman, do you think the Giants continue that and probably go after somebody like Josh Jones from Houston tonight, or continue to stack up the O line? I think this. I definitely think these two, these next rounds, you're going to start seeing. Your mic's cutting out real quick. Our defensive 
Hold on one sec, man. We're having some technical difficulties. There you go. You're good. You're good. I'm good. Uh, Sorry about that, guys. Um, I think I I think they're gonna go for a defensive tackle on round two. I really think they might go for Jacobs, and and they should because they really need to beef up that defensive line. I mean, especially now you got Dallas getting this offense going. Now you got Philadelphia drafting receivers. Washington, I mean, they're even beefing up their defense right now because they need, they know. I mean, Washington, Dallas, and 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 Philadelphia are gonna be coming and. I think they'll go for a defensive tackle, and maybe they even, even to go honest with you, Rob. I think they might even go over the receiver because this receiving draft, this receiving class is deep. It's so deep. But, yeah, they I mean, don't have much. They don't have much depth at that position, so that wouldn't be a bad idea. No, I think it would be. I think that's be the smart logic. But I mean, Gettleman has surprised us a, a bunch, so. So talk to me about uh, Dallas. What are you feeling there on that end? Do you think you guys did the right thing? you think you guys are heading in the positive direction? It's a, it's a situation where, like, it's a tough situation because, okay, we, arguably, we have a player that was arguably a top 10 pick in the draft. No question about it. This, kid was, this kid's going to be a stud with whoever it takes him. But, like, he literally fell to 17. Which, I mean, what can you do? If Rob, like, let's say a guy like Tua Tagovailoa just drops on your lap at 17, would you not take him? Hmm. I mean, it's tough. You can't say no that kind of time. No, you take You got to take him. But it is a problem because we don't have a secondary. <laughs> we, we let Byron Jones go from Miami. I think right now they, they dominated the draft. They picked, they got great players, players that they need in their position. I think the only thing they're probably going to go for tonight is probably a receiver. Don't be surprised if they get a nice little hot shot receiver to give to Tua. But yeah, Dallas need really, I think right now, they'll go probably defense in this round two and possibly round three. There's still some decent quarterbacks. So there's rumors that they are maybe possibly tra- trying to draft a quarterback. Knowing with the Dak situation right now that he's still, you know, he hasn't signed long term and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. So I mean, Dallas would probably would be smart and go for a uh, top notch uh, safety, and there's still a really good safety out there in, in McKinley. He literally fell in the second round, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what do you think? What do you think about the draft? Listen, it's, you know, obviously, <clears throat> as a Giants fan, I know everybody wanted Simmons. Um, he was the, the flashy, the exciting pick. But I don't think you can get too upset. You know, we talked about this last night in the group chat. I don't think you can get too upset at, you know, boosting your offensive line and protecting your quarterback. Um, Daniel Jones is a young kid. He's going to have his growing pains. So you might as well get as much protection as you can up front. I think uh, drafting somebody like Thomas is good. I know he's a good pull blocker i know he, he's pretty quick on his feet he can move laterally um so i you know i hope it's the right pick obviously we have to see what happens but yeah i'm, I'm not terribly upset with it i think you know I, I slept on it and you know it is what it is at this point i know chuck's still kind of upset um that they didn't go after simmons and yeah it's 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 understandable but i think it's you know it's a good pick overall I think it's I think it's a pretty solid pick. I mean, I think maybe it was a little too early to get this guy, but I mean, 
hey, you got what you needed. You need a, you need a lineman to protect Daniel Jones because that guy got hit a lot last year. So that guy, I mean, you give him a, a good, decent line, Daniel Jones can easily can give you 30 touchdowns a season. I, I believe that. I totally believe it. The guy is a... The guy is legit. I think the kid has so much potential. Getting some technical issues again. I don't know why. Something about the Wi-Fi is cut. Hold on, don't say nothing yet. I don't want to waste anything. Let's see if we can figure this out. Alright, I don't know. We're getting some technical issues. I can't really see you talking right now, but as soon as, um, oh, here you are. Okay, we're good. You good? Yeah. Something with the Wi-Fi, man. I don't weather. know. It's kind of cutting out, but. It's the weather. The weather is kind of shitty. So what do you, what do you think, though? What do you think, um, overall heading into the season, Giants have their guy, Dallas has theirs. What do you think the division is going to shape up like? Do you think it's it's going to be another mediocre division this season, or do you think it's going to be a dogfight, or what do you think it's going to look like? Well, it's between two teams, let's be honest. It's between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I honestly think the Cowboys have the upper hand now because their offense is ridiculous right now. If you think on it on paper, they have Dak nearly through for 5,000 5, yards. You have Zeke Elliott, 7,000-yard rusher. You still got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and now you have C.D. Lamb. Blake Jarwin is their tight end. That offensive line is not as great, but they're still doing this. still a very strong team. And I think the Eagles getting uh, uh, Rager from the guy from TCU, it's a really good pick. I think that kid has, excuse me, he has tremendous potential. But, I mean, I still think on paper we're better than the Eagles. But. I think it's going to be a solid year. I mean, I don't think it's going to be as crap as it was last year, but, I mean, it's going to be solid. The thing that I'm really excited about, I want to what the hell this happened with the Packers. They literally just went out and then said, fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. What yeah. I saw that. The Aaron Rodgers probably sitting there like, what the hell am I going to do now? It's insane. It literally made no sense. I literally was watching it. The whole, I watched the whole night. So, dude, when I saw that, I was just like, really? Why? Why would you... I mean, I get... All right, Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. I get that you really want to, like, all right, it's time. Maybe it's time to get the guy for the future. Yeah. But, like, they were a game away to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they got shit on by the Niners, but like they were still pretty close to get, they were pretty close to get him to the Super Bowl. They were a game away. So, why don't you give the guy weapons? Why don't you re-beef re that defensive line? Because they can't stop the run for their lives. Can't, they can't even stop, they can't even run the run. They can't stop the run, period. You could, you're guaranteed 100, you're guaranteed 100 yards rushing against the Packers. But, I mean, to get Jordan Love, I mean, he is really good. But to get him now, especially when you're that close to getting to the Super Bowl, it's kind of it's kind of a head scratcher. What do you think? Yeah, I know. I was definitely shocked by that. I think everybody was. Um, you thought, you know, with a you know pretty successful season, you know, until the end last season, that they would have gave it another try with Rodgers and kind of like you said, gotten help around him. But they chose to draft another quarterback here and I don't know maybe they're going to head for a rebuild and kind of you know 
see where they can go that way, but I'm I don't know. It's gonna, I honestly think it's going to be like with Favre. I think they're literally just going to let him groom him for like two, three years, and then they're going to say, hey, Rogers, when you... When it's near his contract, I'm going to be like, hey, Aaron, listen. Either you stay with us for one more year and get the fuck out of here or get the fuck out of here. And that's right. it. That's very yeah. disrespectful because of a guy of his talent. But, I mean, that's the, how the NFL is right now. And I've seen already with the Packers. They literally shit on Brad Favre so bad. And, you know, that guy is arguably one of the great quarterbacks of all time. So, I mean, they can arguably do that to, to Aaron Rodgers, too, which it's really disrespectful. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree. They'll probably just groom him for a couple of seasons before he's ready and, and see, you know, get the last out of Rodgers that they can. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this whole Gronkowski-Brady thing because I had Chuck and Mike on the other day. We talked about it, but I want to kind of hear your thoughts on how do you think, how you think uh, Brady and Gronkowski are going to do down, down in uh, Tampa together again. Uh, uh, well, Rob, you can just start bringing down the red carpet and start giving the the Lombardi trophy down to 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 Florida because they're going to be they're going to be in the they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I I have to say now. I mean they got worse. They got Gronk, they got Godwin, they got Mike Evans, they got Ronald Jones. They have now a solid offensive line. Their defense is extremely underrated. And they have arguably the, I know you don't like hearing this, but they have the greatest football player that's ever put on a pair of cleats in, in, in the game as their quarterback, still can throw the football pretty well, still can play pretty well. Just, it's over. I mean, it's, NFC is done. It's, it's, I'd love to see what, like, my Cowboys get the least of the championship game, but, like, it's, we're not going to beat the box. I mean, they're loaded right now. They're loaded, Rob. So you think they're going to be really good? Then I thought they were going to be all right. I don't know. If, I don't no, know. I just feel they're like gonna, they're they're going to be really good. You <laughs> saw the thing I shared. It's kind. Of, it reminded me of the Paul Pierce Garnett Brooklyn stint. Uh, yeah, but like, <laughs> but like Paul Pierce and Garnett were both in their mid late thirties. Yeah, Brock is only thirty one years old. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Brady is. Old as dirt right now, but like Tom Brady's still Tom Brady, and he's still effective. He's still very effective, and that team is not old. <laughs> that team is young. I mean, Chris Godwin is a young buck who is ready to burst into the scene as one of the top receivers in the league. Mike Evans is a dog. We know that. Now they got Gronk. They also have OJ Howard. They also have Cameron Brate. They have now a nice offensive line now. They're rebuilding it. Their defense is nasty. Rob, I mean, what else do you need? This team's loaded. I mean, team's ready. But, like, I mean, it's going to be nice to see them against Drew Brees and the Saints. I think the Saints are going to take a step back. I don't think they're going to be that good. Like, no. Anywhere. I think it's going to be Tampa's to win that division. I don't, I don't see. They're literally loaded from... Top to bottom. The only thing I think that they're not really particularly very good at is their is their secondary and maybe their 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 kicker. That's really much it. And like they even have the coach right. They have Bruce Arians. I mean, they have a terrific team. They're ready to go. I mean, I know you don't like hearing this because I know you're not a big Brady guy. But I mean, oh, you just said it. I know. They're loading. <laughs> they're ready. Yeah. Um, 
on the flip side, what do you think uh, New England is, is going to look like now? Uh, arguably, I think they got something up their sleeve. I mean, after this draft uh, last night, that first round where they traded down, they got something. In, they got something going. I know they have something up their sleeves. They're, it's Belichick. You know how that guy is. He's super sneaky. I think they're gonna catch. They're, they're gonna surprise somebody later into the maybe even into this draft because our, a lot of people were thinking they were gonna trade up to try to get a quarterback. They don't have really nothing to worry about. I mean, they're pretty. They're pretty okay with with uh, with with Jarrett Stidham. I mean, he's not a bad quarterback right now. But I think if if all goes to plan. They stay, stick with their team right now. Yep. They'll win 78 games easy. Think so? Absolutely. They have the one of the best defenses in the league. They're still got them, everybody. The only guy they lost was in that, in that division, um, who had the pick? Uh, the Jets. Who did they pick last night? They picked some uh, uh, linemen? Belichia or something. The linemen uh, from, I think it was Texas A&M. What do you think about that? You think they're going to give... Uh, New England a run for their money or no? No, for, the class of that division is Buffalo. Buffalo is going to win that division. Oh, Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo is Buffalo's Buffalo's right now a threat because Buffalo's got now Stephon Diggs. They got a good wide receiver. They have a solid wide receiver core. They have a really solid quarterback in, in Josh Allen. They have a really good running game. Their defense is nasty, nasty. They're, they're not they're they're not a happy guys. You know they're they're gonna come and kill you. That's a defense I want to see. That's a team I want to see climb up the ranks. Mafia. But, yeah, Bills Mafia is gonna be lit next year if there's even a football season. That's another thing too. Yeah, uh, man. I, what the hell is going on here? I really didn't think it would extend that that further, but people are kind of getting more pessimistic as the days go by, man. I don't know. It's gonna happen. I think. I think we yep. maybe we're gonna get some delay, maybe something. I, I think. I mean, what what you heard from? Uh, I don't know if you saw at the beginning with Roger Goodell. They were I, they were talking to him before the draft, and they were talking about like, oh, what, what's gonna happen? Is there gonna be a season? I mean, they're aiming right now. The, I think the Leafs' plan is right now. They want to cooperate with with the uh, with the guidelines right now with COVID nineteen and what's going on right now and how like. Fucking nuts it is right now. But I think they're going to go with right now. I think the original plan is we'll wait and see and see how this shit goes until like possibly June or July. You're going to start seeing teams and the league starting to make more decisions. But I think they want, I think the minimum could happen, or the maximum it could happen. Or I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. The minimum can what can happen is that there will be no fans in the stadium for yeah. a while. Right. Yeah, probably not even for a while for the whole season. I mean, that's probably the the, the least that can happen. The worst thing yeah. that can happen is the season's canceled, and that's a possibility that can happen. But I think the minimum would be no fans. You know, I heard, you know, I think it was one of the mayor, a mayor in L.A. or said that there were not going to be any fans in any sporting event uh, for a long while. So, yeah, there's probably not going to be any fans in the stands, at least to start the season in many places. But it's it's, it's so bizarre. But, um, you know, it's better than nothing, right? Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, now I, I don't know if you saw they just announced now we're, UFC 249 is about to happen and it's happening on May 9th. 
on uh, at Jacksonville right now. They're just oh really? It. Yeah, they announced it. It's gonna have one of the most stacked cards in recent memory, man. Like this card is insane. It's beefy. It's like I was just talking to I was just talking to like my friend Matt about right. it, and we were just like, "Holy cow! Like this is gonna be a hell of an event because." Yeah, there's no fans. Yes, UFC, you need fans like WWE. But like this fights, these are nasty fights. Like the main event is gonna be insane. Ferguson Geishi. Oh my god. I know you're not really in particularly big into UFC mixed martial arts. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but like Rob, I think you should follow this event. This event is gonna be this event's gonna be nice. It's it's gonna be a one to remember. The only thing I'm a little upset about is that they're gonna they're gonna do pay per view. I honestly think they should just do it for free. I honestly think, why? We can't spend that much money anyway. There's not any money to even spend right now. So, like, the UFC is a $4 billion company. So, I mean, just let, just let this event go for free. And then how, many, uh, how many fights are scheduled? I think there were, like, three fights scheduled for May 9th or something like that? Well, those fights. are the main... So, here, this is how UFC happens. I'll, I'll give you a little lesson about mixed martial arts. So there's the preliminary rounds. Those are about like maybe like five to seven fights. Those are right. like the lower the lower teague. Like all right, like that's like it's like UFC. I compare it to like dinner. So when you go over dinner, you start with the appetizer and the beverage. So that's the preliminary rounds. So you're like, okay, this is yummy. Mm, I'm getting it. I'm getting excited. Blah blah blah. Can't wait. And then the. Uh, Co-main events, well, not co-main events, but like the fights gaining up to the main event. It's like right. your, it's like your dinner. It's like okay, it's like okay, this is starting to get yummy. Blah blah blah. Okay, and then the main event is like the big feats, and you get to get excited and everything. So the main event, there's three title fights right now. It's insane. Never happened. You no? UFC is usually one or two. Usually one, but then like now they're adding more two. Like last the last UFC event, two forty eight, had two title fights. I had the uh, had the the one with Adesanya, uh, Israel uh, Adesanya and uh, and Joan Romero. That was a championship fight, and then the other one was Zhang uh, Zhang versus Joanna. Uh, Joanna, uh, some Polish name. I, I can't pronounce her last name, but like she's she's insane. And that was a a woman's. Uh, I think it was a strawberry weight or I forgot it was a straw weight or something like that. I don't know what the name was. But two title fights is usually like, oh my god, we're getting excited. This right. one, I think it's three. Three. And, and the one in the main event was supposed to be the the uh, Walter weight. No, I'm sorry, the lightweight champ title fight, but then uh, the champion who is Khabib, uh, Mega Medoff, the guy who beat Connor the last time, right. um, he can't leave Russia, because Russia's a fucking mess right now with this with this virus. He was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson, who is the number one contender for the belt, and he can't okay. so, so Ferguson's saying, well, fuck this, I want to keep fighting. I mean, these guys have trained for, for months, so like, to hear that they're not Fighting, it's like it's like a letdown. It's like you know, like going to McDonald's and they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry, there's no Big Mac." <laughs> like, 
Yeah. It's a good fight. I mean, it's going to be a good event. I'm excited. May 9th, Saturday. I'll check it out. I got to check it out. I mean, I need something to watch, so I'll check it out for sure. Well, we only got the draft, so we got yeah. that. And then I don't know if you saw uh, they announced that golf event with uh, Tiger and Phil and, and Brady oh, and, and Manning. Yeah. When? I think it's uh, near Memorial Day. They just oh, announced shit. that. I'll watch yeah. that. Hell yeah. yeah. It's going to be Tom and Phil, Brady and, Phil and Mickelson, and uh, the other side is Tiger and Peyton. And they're oh, gonna shit. and they're gonna play and they're gonna play one night one uh I think it's one one game one day at in Florida somewhere around there. So it's gonna be exciting. I mean, we at least have something, man. Like that's all. I yeah, know. we're slowly getting a little bit back. So I guess that's a positive from this. Uh, Leo, if you have any last things to add, because we're running out of time, I've got some things to do. But if you've got some last final thoughts on you know anything, the NFL. UFC, whatever the fuck, um, feel free to add it in right now, man. I definitely, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I kind of want to talk to you briefly about your next. <laughs> yeah, we, actually, we just talked about that in the intro to this to this episode. So I talk. I don't want to talk too much on that, but no, we I had mean, that discussion about that trade. Remember. Yeah, I, yeah, we we just talked about this in the intro. Actually, I just mentioned it Did before really? we got into this interview. Before we got into this interview, this little talk here, um, I introduced the show um, with yeah, talk a little bit about the trade and everything that's going on. And yeah, I, I would agree, I would agree with you. I would definitely trade for somebody like Beal um, as long as it's you know not too much to offer. And it, you know, if they can make out, so add somebody like Barrett and maybe put in a couple of draft picks in there. I know they've got the Mavericks pick. And I know they've got the um, the Clippers pick first round. I think they can get a deal done. But I'm not getting my hopes up, Leo. I'm not getting my hopes up in star chasing because I've been through this fucking story before. Well, okay? I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit confident. Listen, I'm not a Knicks fan of no whatsoever. You know that. But, like, I am a fan of basketball and I'm a fan of New York the, everything because you know I love New York City and everything. Nothing gets me excited to see a New York team be really good. Right. So it's, been a, it's been a long time for you to be like really happy for Knicks fans. That makes me happy. When, listen, I always say you know with the Giants, like I always mess with you, but you know I do like it when the Giants are good because it it brings some brings a lot of people excited about the sport because it's it's bigger than New York. You know, it's New York, man. That's how. It's, yeah, that's where sports we're, are. We're, it's the biggest city in the world. It's the hands down. And for me, the Knicks, I think, with who's the GM right now? The president of basketball right Leon now? Rose was just Le hired as main executive. Leon Rose. I think this guy is starting to be kind of serious right now. I think he's starting to... He's really, kind of starting to rebrand the, the front office a little bit. Yeah, he's starting to really try to make New York a serious market for, for talent. I think if they really... I think for anybody for right now to take the Knicks seriously... They would have to make a trade, and they have to make a trade for a guy like Beal, because like I think next year is Giannis. So I know you're gonna get excited. I don't want you to get excited, but like if you want to, I'm, get getting, I'm done getting excited. I'm you know, done if, getting excited. You know, if you if you want to get Giannis's attention, get a guy like Beal. Got it. Yeah, like that's that. an attraction right there. That's yeah, attractive, because like the big mistake the Knicks did was. To like get rid of Porzingis, I get it that they wanted uh, they wanted that cap space. He is injury prone, but hey, a lot of people like him, and a lot of people are gonna a lot like 
now like a team like Dallas, a lot of people are going to want to go to Dallas now because now they have that's a fun That's a fun Dantich. event to go to. Yeah, they got Dantich and Porzingis, two of the most promising young European players in the game right now. Unfortunately with Porzingis, Porzingis, I think, is going to go down a level because of those injuries, but he's still pretty good. But Luka Dantich's... That kid's ridiculous. Dude, I love watching that guy play. That team, if they can figure out a way to peak out and you know have everybody healthy and play to their expectations, that's going to be some team to watch. That's a like a modern NBA team. You know, you have your your shooting, your stretch four, and then you've got your your little combo forward in uh, Doncic. So it's it's something else if they I can work they, out. I think they're going to be fine because they first off they have. Arguably one of the best, if not the best owner in the NBA, and Mark Cuban. The guy lives and breathes Ma- Dallas Mavericks for basketball. He clearly loves the NBA. He loves working. He loves to build this team. He loves to build the champion. But I respect the hell out of Mark Cuban so much. I mean, everybody was saying, what the hell are you doing? This team sucks. Why does nobody want to come? Look what he's built now. He's literally, he literally has... One of the best young players in the league right now, and everyone was like, "What the hell? You could have got Trey Young. Granted, Trey Young is fucking awesome. But yeah, but... Luka's a transcendent player. The guy you cannot right. make plays like that. Right. So. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, Leo, I appreciate you coming on. Unfortunately, it's all the time we have tonight. But yeah, I got you, again, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's it's always fun to have you, man. You have such great insight, and I, you know, I'm definitely definitely gonna have you on again. And as soon as more things start happening, we'll keep having you on. And you know, I appreciate it, bud. Thank you, bud. I appreciate you uh, letting me come on for tonight and for the the past shows. Too. Shit, it's been too fun. <laughs> Did you just spill your shit? <laughs> Did you see that? I just spilled shit out of my fucking shirt trying to get Hey, don't get too nervous, okay? I know we talked about the Knicks. I know you're getting a little nervous, but it's fine. All right, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.